Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. You know, we are always searching for ways to live the example of our teachings in order to improve our world. One of the ways we accomplish this is with Partners Fair Trade Boutique, our store here at the Unity Center campus. You'll find many unique items from around the world, all ethically sourced through fair trade. I am so glad you can't wear out a prayer. Because if you could, I would have worn that one out a long, long, long time ago. And I'm not even part of AA. But I would have worn that prayer out a long time ago. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. To me, all of that is wrapped up in and is part of this first habit of the seven habits of highly effective people, the habit of being proactive. In order to be proactive, you have to come to understand the things that you can change and be about changing them, right? And to know the things that you can't change and to be able to let those go, to have the courage and to have the wisdom and both of those lead us to a place, I think, then, of serenity. I asked last week how many of our members had read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and almost every hand went up. And I suggested as a homework assignment to take that book off the shelf or pull it out of your Kindle or onto your Audible and read it or listen to it again. It was written almost 40, I think 40 years ago, about 38 years ago, what was it, in 1989. It sold more than 40 million copies. It still sells today, translated into 40, more than 40 languages. Why? Anything that has that much traction and, and that much appeal has got to have some truth in it and has got to be something that really helps people to live their lives more effectively. I believe those of us who find our way into the new thought teachings, whether it's unity or the science of mind, are people who really are looking for a way to create a better life for themselves and for others as well. And when we come into a, a book such as The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, we can see within those habits, the very concepts of our spiritual teaching, albeit presented maybe in language without the God stuff, right? But still, the principles are deeply grounded in spiritual and in perennial wisdom. So those habits, to keep them fresh in our minds, maybe you've committed them to memory now. First habit is be proactive. The second habit, begin with the end in mind. The third habit, put first things first. The fourth habit, think win-win. The fifth habit, to seek first to understand, then to be understood. The sixth habit, synergy. And the seventh habit, to sharpen the saw. So to be proactive, what does that really mean? To be proactive. It means to realize that we have a response ability, a response ability to the quality of our lives. It means that we do not 
live from the outside in, but we live how? From the inside out. It means we understand that consciousness is formative. It means that we have given up, or at least are trying to give up, the tendency to blame our life circumstances or situations on something external to ourselves. And instead are looking at what are the things that I do have direct control over? What are the things that, to use Covey's language, land squarely in my circle of influence, not my circle of concern, but my circle of influence. What are the things I have direct control over? What are the things I have only indirect control over? What are the things that I have no control over? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. It's really metaphysics 101. It's really Metaphysics 101. How many of you read the book probably years ago, Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl? I can't remember now the first time I read the book, but it was a long, 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 long time ago. And I remember how deeply impacted I was by that book. And if you've not read it, I encourage you to. It's not, a, it's not an easy-to-read book because for Victor Frankl um, suffered in the, the concentration camps during the Second World War, lost most all of his family. By profession, he was a psychiatrist. And one of the things, the greatest gifts that I think he gave to us is what he learned in those concentration camps. And I'm oversimplifying, but in essence, he learned that though he could not control anything in his environment, that there was one thing he absolutely could control, and that was how he thought about it, how he held it in his mind. And he used his imagination to be able to picture what it was that he could control and how he would be. I can't imagine what it must have been like if you had been somebody that were there with him and how that might have influenced being able to, to live through or at least stay through such a traumatic experience. But to be so proactive, to be the kind of person that clearly could understand the difference between the things that he could control and the things that he couldn't. And where we as individual people gain our greatest personal and spiritual power and freedom is when we do really recognize that there are, there are areas in our lives where we do have direct control and that we work in those areas. And that's what the first three habits really are all about. The habit of being proactive, the habit of beginning with the end in mind, the habit of putting first things first. These are all habits that help us to have private victories before public victories, that help us to be able to really live from the inside out, to live within the circle of influence that we do have and what happens is when we do live within that circle of influence, when we 
exert control over the things that we do have control over. We become much freer, much stronger, and much more capable of co-creating with God the kind of life that we want. I've been in this teaching long enough to watch kind of the wave of, what's the word I'm looking for here? Certain words come into vogue and certain words and ideas come out of vogue, even within our teaching. And I've been in this long enough to have experienced people in our teaching getting really upset with the word control. We don't have control over anything. I disagree with that completely. We do have control over some things. We don't have control over everything, but we do have control over some things. And the things over which we do have control, we need to be proactively engaged in them. That's how we thought by thought and habit by habit and action by action begin to create a better life for ourselves, for our families, our communities, and our world. Being proactive is not just about taking action. It's about being accountable about being accountable, about being able to look at our own lives and recognize where we are falling short, where we are not taking responsibility, and beginning to make new and better choices. Nobody is thinking the thoughts in your head but you. Nobody is thinking the thoughts in my head but me. We know in metaphysics that thoughts held in mind what? producing the outer after their kind. That to be proactive means to recognize and be aware of what it is that we are thinking and how we are responding to the thoughts we are thinking, to the stories we are telling ourselves. And if we are stuck in what we might call stinking thinking, if we are stuck in stories that no longer serve us, we and we alone are the ones that can change that, and not only can, but must change that. To be proactive means that I am choosing, I am choosing the attitudes that I am going to hold in response to anything that is happening to me. It means that I am not at the mercy of circumstances. It doesn't mean that I put my head in the sand and ignore the circumstances or situations in my life. They may be horrific. They may be demanding my attention. And so I do pay attention, but I know that I am not held hostage to the circumstances and situations I find myself in. Does that make sense? Does that not portend of tremendous responsibility that we each have for the quality of our lives? Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. Taking the initiative, being proactive, does not mean being obnoxious or pushy. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. Some of the most proactive people I've met are very quiet are very steady, sometimes rather stoic, but very, very consistent, living from the inside out. Their mantra, so to speak, is act or be acted upon. Think about that for a moment. Act or be acted upon. 
Is there, you don't have to raise your hand, but you could nod your head if you want. Is there anything in your life that you know you ought to be doing right now that would help you create a better life, but you're not doing it? I think probably all of we know what we need to do, right? We do. We really do. We know the things that we need to do. They're usually not that complicated, right? But it takes the will and the consistency to do them. It takes the decision to be proactive, to consistently show up in a certain way. And here's where I think good friends, a life partner, a prayer partner, a spiritual community can be so valuable to us. There's quite a bit of study and research to show that when we make a claim to another person, I'm going to do X, that when we make some sort of public claim, it doesn't have to be in front of a whole lot of people, but even to another person, that when we make a claim, I'm going to do X, that we are much more likely to consistently, proactively follow through with X. And here's where spiritual community can help us with that, to reach out to each other. We know what it is that we probably need to be doing in our lives. We know where we need to exercise greater proactivity. But maybe we need a little bit of encouragement along the way. Maybe we need somebody just to gently, not with any shame or blame. I am so not with that but to gently remind us of the things that we've said are important to us. Does that make sense? You know, the Bible talks about us being given dominion and power and mastery. Those are powerful words. Dominion and power and mastery. Over what? The greatest dominion, power, and mastery that we can really exert is never over someone else, but over ourselves. And that's what proactivity is all about. Covey suggests that language can be a real indicator to us of whether we are reactive people or response-able people, whether we are living from the outside in or from the inside out, whether we are proactive or not proactive people. He suggests that language of reactive people sounds like this. There's nothing I can do. That's just the way I am. I have to do that. I can't. Whereas the language of a person who is proactive sounds quite different. Sounds more like he says, let's look at our alternatives. I can choose a different approach. I control my feelings. I will do such and such. We talk a lot in metaphysics about the importance of being aware, right? Of being aware. And what are we wanting to be aware of? Well, we want to be aware of our state of mind. It's helpful to be aware of our body. Why? Our body, Charles Fillmore, the co-founder of Unity, used to say the body is a slowed-down version of the thought. Body is a slowed-down version of thought. We want to be aware of what's going on in our minds. We want to be aware of what's going on in our bodies. We want to be aware of what's coming out of our mouths. Right? What, what's the nature of what we're saying? And again, not in a way to blame ourselves but in a way to know where 
where do we still have a little bit of work to do? Maybe where do we have a lot of work to do? And where have we kind of improved? You know, when was the last time that you kind of checked in with yourself and, and took an inventory, so to speak, of how you talk? You know, what is it that you're usually saying? Just notice. Just notice. Very important, and I want to make sure I, I spend a little bit of time in the time I have left to talk about two powerful teachings he gives in this habit of being proactive. He says we have two circles that we live in, a circle of concern and a circle of influence. And I'd like you to really keep both of those terms in your mind this week, because as homework, I'm going to suggest that you really notice where you're focusing on your circle of concern and where you're focusing energy and thought and feeling in your circle of influence. The circle of concern can include all sorts of things. Concern about the environment, concern about the national debt, concern about voting rights, concern about our children, concern about our health, concern about our finances. There are a lot of things that we're concerned about, right? And if you don't know what you're concerned about, where are you worried? That's a dead giveaway about what you're concerned about, right? So big area, circle of concern. But then Covey says, but our circle of concern, only some of the things in there can we really influence that we have within the circle of concern. The circle of concern may be this big, but the circle of influence is going to be much, much smaller. The circle of influence within that circle are those things over which we either have direct or indirect control direct or indirect control. Within our circle of influence are those things we're concerned about and over which we have some direct or indirect control. And that what we really want to be doing is working within our circle of influence. And he says, and the way that you differentiate is you have to realize that there, the problems that we face fall into one of three categories. Those problems over which we have direct control, those problems over which we have indirect control, and those problems over which we have no control at all. We could also substitute the word problem for situation. Those situations over which we have direct control, those situations over which we have indirect control, and those situations over which we have no control. That's where the prayer of serenity is, is playing in that whole sphere. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Direct control problems are problems with, it, with our own behavior. They're problems with us. Did you know that the biggest problem you have is yourself? <laughs> and my biggest problem is myself. And have you noticed that you can move yourself to the most beautiful place on the planet and you still take you with you? And whatever bothered you where you were before is going to eventually catch up with you where you are in the new place. It might be prettier environment, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you're going to still be who? Yourself, right? Yourself. And if we can 
Can we, if we can love into that and be playful with that, we will empower ourselves to improve ourselves in those situations. So direct control problems are problems with our own behavior that can be fixed by changing our habits and are completely within our circle of influence. Completely within our circle of influence. And the habits that play into those or that are those first three habits that we're the first one we're looking at today and the next two we'll look at the, the next two weeks. To be proactive, to begin with the end in mind, and to put first things first. All of that we have direct control over. What about indirect control? We do have indirect control. We sometimes think of those things that we have direct control but we don't. Think of indirect control. Indirect control. Do I have indirect control over my spouse? Do you have indirect control over your spouse, over your children? Yes, you do. You absolutely have indirect control over your husband, your spouse, your children, your government. We have indirect control. Not direct control, but indirect control. We have the ability to influence. Have you ever influenced your partner for the good? Of course you have. Have you ever influenced your partner for not such a good thing? Or have you been an influence in not such a good way? Of course we all have. Of course we all have. We don't always exercise in a skillful way our influence, and a lot of times in our relationships, we think that we have direct control because we're trying to change the other person, right? But we don't. We don't have direct control, but we have indirect control. And indirect control is about influence, and it's about habits four, five, and six. It's about thinking win-win. It, not just thinking it, but really living from the mindset and the heart set of wanting good for yourself and equally wanting good for the other and working toward that. That is an area of influence. So is the habit number, number five, to seek first to understand and then to be understood. Every religion has a version of that concept. To seek first to understand, then to be understood. Is that not influential in a relationship? Are you in doubt? It is powerfully influential in a relationship. So there are circumstances and situations and problems over which we have direct control. And there are those over which we have indirect control. And guess what? There are those over which we what? Have no control whatsoever. That's where. Buddhist practice, to me, is so very powerful to be able to accept, to be able to not ignore, not deny, but not dwell in, to be able to see what it is that's happening, even if I don't like it, to not layer on more pain or suffering or guilt to an already difficult situation, but to also know I can't, this is not mine to control. All I can control with that is what? 
how I'm going to be with that. And that's powerful. It takes a lot of practice. So as I wrap up, I really, really want to encourage you to hold this week the idea of circle of concern and circle of influence. Just work with those ideas and simply notice, okay? And particularly if you're feeling frustrated about something or challenged by something or you've got a big problem or something to solve, just notice where is your time and your energy and is what you're in angst over within your circle of concern or in your circle of influence. And then also hold those three areas. Is it something over which I, I really do have direct control? Then let me exercise my control. Is it something over which I only have indirect control? And if it is, let me see if I can come from a place of influence. And then finally, if it's something over which I have no control at all, then let me know that I can't wear out the serenity prayer and let me just say that prayer again and again and again or whatever is your mantra, whatever helps you to be at peace with those things that are truly outside of your control. Be proactive. Namaste. 